Good morning and welcome home everyone. Very uh, wonderful Sunday to one and all on this uh, day of worship. Welcome to Free Community Church um, Sunday service. Welcome to all those uh, joining us online on this uh, very nice cooling morning. And especially a big applause to all who made an effort to come on site. So before we kick off right, our time of worship, encountering the Lord, I'd like to invite all of us just to turn around, right, just say hi and hello to one another. Because the good news, uh, uh, not the gospel, but the good news next on Monday, you don't have to wear your mask on public transport. So let's start off the week on a positive note. Alright, and uh, coming to back on today's uh, why we are here is to encounter us, uh, to come together as a community to worship. Alright, so to do that, uh, may I invite everyone who are to rise and join me in body and in spirit, alright, to uh, respond to the call to worship. Come in, come in, and sit down. We are a part of the family. We are, we are lost, lost and, and we, we are found, found and we, we are a part, part of, of the family. We know, God, that we who have gathered here are a part of the family. But we also know that the family is, still, is much bigger still. There, there are, are people, people we don't, don't understand. understand. There, there are people we disagree with. There are people we don't like. There are people who don't like us. Challenge us, God, to expand our vision of family. Until we see all of creation as one big family. Amen. Let us come together to enjoy a time of worship, uh, encountering a lot with the worship team.
up a bit. Let's clap. Open up my eyes so I may see that you You bring the morning 
Please be seated. Let us pray. Dear God, we come before you today with grateful hearts for your constant love and care, even in the midst of life's challenges. This past week, some of us dealt with difficult people at work, at home, and even at church. Some of us experienced anxiety, depression, and hopelessness. Some of us suffered physical pain. Some of us struggled with financial difficulties. Some of us faced abuse. And some of us grieved. Use these moments to deepen our faith. We thank you for the peace that comes with knowing you. We thank you for the care that we receive from each other and how it strengthens our relationships. We lift up those affected by the recent earthquake in Turkey. We're haunted by the image of the father holding his daughter's hand, her body crushed beneath the rubble. We are thankful for the miraculous rescue of children and we pray for healing for those who have been injured. We ask that you give strength and good judgment to the first responders as they continue to search for survivors and provide aid to those in need. Protect them from the trauma of witnessing the suffering and destruction of human lives. We pray for the families who have lost their homes and are now faced with uncertainty and displacement. Use the aid that has been given by nations and relief organizations to quickly and effectively meet their needs. We especially pray for relief efforts in northern Syria that has already suffered so much from 12 years of war. 
raise up people who have the power to remove the obstacles for delivering aid to that region. And finally, give those affected by this disaster hope for the future and the faith to rebuild their lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. to the throne of mercy where would i kneel but at this cross of grace how great the love how strong the hand that holds us
So good morning, everyone, and welcome to FCC, and welcome to friends who have come far and near. So good to see all of you. And so even as we go into our time uh, sharing God's Word, I wanted to invite you to go into menti.com with me. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, we have a couple of questions in there, uh, and um, I'd love for you to add to this sermon with your opinions, your insights, your reflections, and experience as well. So if you <laughs> go into menti.com or you can use fcc.li, okay, L-I slash menti, or use the QR code, um, it will take you directly to the slides for today, okay? So as we seek to walk each other towards growth, and wholeness in Christ, we know that firstly, the glue that holds all relationships together is trust, right? And trust is based on integrity. Without integrity, there is no trust. And so this morning, I want to start by asking you this first question, right? What is integrity? What is integrity to you? What do you understand of it. I mean, what words come to your mind when you think about the word integrity? So we're going to form a word cloud together, okay? So that out of it, you know, hopefully we get a little bit of an understanding around this word, right? What is integrity? Responsible, right? Doing what's right, faithful to principles, yeah. Whole, mm, very good, whole, very good. Consistency, yes, trustworthy, when no one's looking, right? Doing the right thing when no one's looking, fantastic. All of you already go in the Google, uh, all the <laughs> definitions, is there? Oh, you already know this? It's amazing. Okay. Ethical, so I see a lot of consistency there, yes, uh, that's quite big. Love it, undivided, right, which is another word for whole, undivided, right? Honesty, yes, doing what you say, yes. Absolutely. Direct, keeping promises, authentic. Yes. Very good. Excellent. Helper, upright, walking the talk, moral. That's fantastic. Yes, so we see responsibility, honesty, consistency, whole. Right? It's some of the bigger words um, that more of you have put there. And you're absolutely right. Those are all many different words that reflect integrity. And I wanted to share with you what Jesus talked about when he talked about integrity. And maybe from there, we can learn something new for today. Right? And we continue with Matthew 5 um, from the passage that um, Myak and I have been preaching over the past two weeks. And we go to Matthew 5, um, 
verse 27 to 37. Okay, allow me to read it for you. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman or a man with lust has already committed adultery with them in their heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that anyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the, his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even make one of your hair white or black. Let your word be yes or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. What a challenging passage, right? I mean, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Wow. How do we make sense of these verses? Are we meant to be taking them literally? Like all of us should be like, you know, blind in one eye, maimed, you know, in some limb? Or was Jesus employing a figure of speech called hyperbole, which means an obvious exaggeration in order to make a point? Well, we know that Jewish rabbis often employ this kind of extreme hyperbolic speech in order to emphasize a point, something that they want to teach. So we would not be wrong to think that Jesus was also doing the same thing here. It was meant to make a point. But even if Jesus was using exaggerated speech, how are we to make sense of these very strong words or warnings? What was Jesus trying to say here? In trying to understand Jesus' words here, I think we must first go back to the nature of God and understand what God desires of us as a community of believers. Going back to the big picture of God's nature. Firstly, we know that God loves us all and cares profoundly about human dignity. As Debbie Thomas said, if you read Jesus' words about, and this whole passage, right, earlier on about murder, anger, reconciliation, adultery, lust, divorce, oath-making, in this more communal context, when you think about it from a community basis, if we read them as instructions given in the hope of building and sustaining a community that is both blessed and commissioned to bless others, what version of God might emerge? A God who takes our relationships with each other very seriously and wants us to treat each other not with the bare minimum of civility and morality, but with the deepest respect, integrity and love. Did you hear that? A God who wants us 
to treat each other with the deepest respect, integrity, and love. That is what these verses are about. If you look at Jesus' teaching on adultery, he says, You have heard that you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman or man with lust has already committed adultery with them in their heart. And what Jesus is saying here is that refraining, refraining from sleeping with another person's spouse or partner is just the bare minimum in a Christ-centered community. Jesus is urging us to go one step further, one step more. Perhaps we can honour human dignity by refusing in any way to cheapen or objectify other people for our own pleasure. Or we can help each other succeed in our marriages and our relationships instead of making these vows even harder to fulfil. And what Jesus says about divorce is really interesting. He says, But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. I don't know if you know this, but who does Jesus say is committing adultery or causing someone to commit adultery in this verse? Firstly, the one who divorces his wife, right? And secondly, the one who marries a divorced woman. Notice the power differences here. In Jesus' time, only the man can declare a marriage over. And it was very easy for a man to divorce his wife for any reason or even no reason. All, right? All he has to do is to give a certificate of divorce. Bye-bye. But women didn't have the same right to divorce their husbands. And this is why Jesus says it is a man who causes his wife to commit adultery if he divorces her. And the man who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. And interestingly, Jesus doesn't mention the woman and her responsibility here. In a world where the woman is usually blamed and shamed, Jesus is actually saying something really revolutionary. He's making men responsible for what they do with their sexuality and not just blame the women. Not that women should not be responsible for what they do with their sexuality. We all should, equally with men. It's more that in a patriarchal, heteronormative world, Women have often been shamed and blamed for how men act out sexually, right? And this is true even today. So Jesus was really targeting cultural norms and human nature, even as he was saying all of this about divorce and adultery. He wants each of us, regardless of whether you're straight, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, etc., to take responsibility for your own sexuality and to ask yourselves, are you willing to go one step further to honour human dignity by refusing to cheapen or objectify other people for your own pleasure? And he's also saying that the one who has more power in a relationship has more responsibility to make sure you're taking care of the other person. Whether a person is younger or in a position of less power, you are to take care of them. Even when a relationship has come to an end, you should be doing it with care and concern for the other person. 
Remember what Spider-Man said? That actually already came from Voltaire. With great power comes great responsibility. In Jesus' day, women had no way to survive on their own. When their husbands divorced them, they were often left to starve because they had no financial resources and they couldn't work other than prostitution. Right? They may not be welcomed back to their parents' home and the social stigma around divorce was very severe. So Jesus was basically saying, you can't casually just hand your wife a certificate of divorce as if you have no further obligation to a fellow human being. Consider the power differential between you and her and make sure you're taking care of her dignity. When we look at the big picture, we see the care and attentiveness of God through Jesus' words. God wants us to treat each other well. Not just decently, but well. God cares a lot about our dignity. God doesn't want us to settle for bare minimums in our faith communities. God wants us to relate with each other in ways that reflect the fullness of divine love, grace, mercy, generosity. So in a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects, now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives toward you. In our passage today, the big picture message is this. God is more interested in us living whole, and some of you said it, right? Whole, undivided lives of integrity than just following the rules blindly. Living whole lives of integrity means we increasingly align our words and behaviour, which is the exterior, with our hearts and our values, which is what's on the inside. So I wonder for you, you know, as we're talking about all these things, about integrity, about being whole and undivided, the interior and exterior, in what areas of your life have you found it difficult aligning your inner values with your outer behaviour? Maybe some of you are fully integrated, you know, you are whole, and maybe, well, there's no areas where you have found no alignment, okay? But I would think for many of us, it's tough, right? There are things that sometimes we believe in that, that we really want to do, but we don't do them, right? We want to, but there's no alignment at this point of time in our lives. So in what areas of your life have you found it difficult aligning your inner values with your outer behaviour? And this is a time to be honest, right? Because this is completely anonymous. Nobody knows, all right, who is saying what. But I want you to be able to see it. And I put it in a word cloud because I want you to realise that you are not alone. That if you have, have felt challenged, when you have struggled with aligning your inner values with your outer behaviour, you will see that there are a lot of other people who share it too. Sexuality is a big one, right? Sexuality is a big one. I mean, we all have values around it. How do we act out around that in our behaviour is important, right? And some of us struggle. Being loving, yes, definitely, right? We say love God with our hearts and our neighbours ourselves, but sometimes it is so hard, right? Commitment, loving my enemy, opinion about others, religion and gender, yeah? Faith and sexuality, right? 
having a crush on someone, okay? <laughs> Other people being selfish, filial piety, yep. Acting straight, mm-hmm. Commitment, distrust, my diet, yeah, tough, right? Yeah, you want to do something deep inside, but it's hard to do, right? Capitalism, yep. I don't know my inner values. Yes, thank you for your honesty. Yes. Some of us, we don't even know what our inner values and motivations are. So how do we even begin to do alignment, right? Yeah, work, family, yep. Finances, desire, optimism, being simple. Yeah, forgiveness, family communication, mm-hmm. sexually, yes. Patience, mm-hmm. We all would love to be more patient. Gender versus sexuality, yes. Faith, mm-hmm. kindness. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being willing, for being open to share, for being vulnerable to say that this is what I struggle with. Because we all struggle, right? We're all not there yet. We're not all perfect, for sure. We all struggle. But it's important, right, to be able to at least be able to say it. To say, hey, this is one area that I'm struggling with and I want to get better at it. Jesus is basically in this passage telling us that we cannot live divided and fragmented lives. To the extent that we are divided within ourselves, we are also separated from God and one another. So why I ask you this question is because Integrity requires clarity. Like some of you said, right, I don't even really know what my inner values are. And that's honest, right? Because to even begin to have integrity, we need clarity. Clarity on a few different levels. Clarity firstly, internally. Having inner clarity of our own true values and motivations. And that means being honest with ourselves. It's not just saying what, we think other people want to hear. It's not just saying what we believe is good to have. It's actually being honest with ourselves that what really is my motivation here? What truly are my values that I hold dear and important to my heart? That's being honest with yourself and having that clarity around that. So you have that level. And then the second level is clarity of areas in your lives where now that you know what your inner values and motivations are, you also get clear on what is not aligned with your outer behaviour. You say this is important to you, but you don't act it, right? You don't act it out in your actual life. And so have understanding the discrepancy, that misalignment is important. And then the third level of clarity is actually clarity in communicating our thoughts, our needs, our perspectives, our struggles, our differences of opinion with the other person in the midst of hurts, misunderstandings and conflicts. So you have that inner level of clarity for yourself. You have your clarity of what's not matching with your outer behaviour and then you have the clarity of communicating with the other person. And you notice I said with the other person, right? And not with many others. Sometimes in community, we share about our hurts and disappointments with everyone else except the actual person that's involved. Guilty? Yes, right? Because integrity means we are careful to share with the person who is directly involved in the situation and not to triangulate others into the situation. 
when one has integrity, their actions are in sync with the values, the beliefs, the principles they claim to hold. And that's what integrity actually is. And the important thing to note is this. No one is born with integrity or without. Okay, you can't say, oh, but I wasn't born with integrity, so too bad. I can't do anything about it, right? Integrity is a behavior-based virtue, and anyone can develop it over time. We can get better at it over time, but we do need to work on it. So it's something that we can all work on together. It's something that we can all get better at it over time. Basically, to become more whole, more undivided with God's help. Brene Brown said, Integrity is choosing courage over comfort, choosing what is right over what is fun, fast or easy, and choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them, rather than simply saying, right? We're actually trying to practice our values. And one area we can all practice our values is what Matthew 5 verse 37 says, Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Sounds very easy, right? Let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. But how often it's not like that, right? When we talk with one another. Jesus reminds us of the need to have deep integrity in all the things that we say and do. A few years ago, I was reading Dare to Lead uh, by Brene Brown. And this phrase really struck me. Clear is kind. Clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. And this is something that I've been sharing with our leaders, uh, even as I personally try to grow and get better at it. Clear is kind. What does it mean concretely? She says, feeding people half-truths or bullshit to make them feel better, which is almost always about making ourselves feel more comfortable, is unkind. Two, not getting clear with a colleague, and this was in a work context, but definitely works in a church context, in a community context, about your expectations because it feels too hard. Yet holding them accountable or blaming them for not delivering is unkind. Three, talking about people rather than to them is unkind. This happens a lot in church. Talking about people rather than to them, is unkind. She says when we have to show up for a hard conversation, we call it a rumble. That's what she calls it in her organization, right? When you know, she has to talk to her staff, her friends. A rumble is a discussion, a conversation, a meeting defined by a commitment to lean into vulnerability, to stay curious and generous, to stick with the messy middle of problem identification and solving, to take a break, and circle back when necessary to be fearless in owning our parts. And as psychologist Harriet Lerner teaches, to listen with the same passion with which we want to be heard. She says, when someone says, let's rumble, it cues me to show up with an open heart and mind so we can serve the work and each other and not our egos. Armoring up and protecting our egos rarely leads to productive, kind, and respectful conversations. Open heart and mind so we can serve the work and each other. 
I must admit, being clear was something I wasn't very good at. In the past, I've been told that sometimes it's hard to know what my opinion is in a situation. And this is especially so when I'm mediating conflicts in church. What I'm good at is understanding all the different perspectives of the various parties, staying objective, and trying to help people understand where each other is coming from. I'm pretty good at that. But people want to know what I think about the issue, and they want me to address the situation and behaviours of the people involved head-on. And some have told me honestly that it's sometimes hard to trust me when they don't know what I'm thinking. And I reflected on that feedback, and I realised that it's true. I understood why they said that, and I appreciated their honesty in order to help me grow as a leader and as a person. So over the past few years, I've been working hard at being clearer, because clear is kind, and unclear is unkind. And you know, it wasn't that I didn't want to be clear previously. It wasn't that I was trying to hide what I thought. I just process my own thoughts and feelings quite slowly. The funny thing is, I'm actually really fast at sensing and understanding other people's feelings, but I'm much slower at processing and sensing and understanding my own. So I worked on becoming clearer within myself about what I was thinking and feeling in the moment. And I also worked on being more forthcoming in verbalising my thoughts and feelings with other people. At the same time, I learned to be less conflict avoidant. This means having to initiate and take on uncomfortable conversations and expressing things that may be difficult to say because I fear it might hurt the other person or lead to explosive reactions. And I'm still learning and trying to improve in this area. So I wonder for you, in what ways would you like to be clearer and kinder in your own life? Are there areas when you think about it and you hear clear is kind, then you go, hmm, yeah. I, 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 I would like to be clearer and kinder in this way in my life. Perhaps it's at work, perhaps it's in certain relationships, even with family. In what ways would you like to be clearer and kinder? To say what I do not like, yeah? To be able to state that I don't like this, right? And to not just go with the flow, to approach people with my view, right? With my partner, mm -hmm. It all starts from respecting that person, yes. Being wanting to be clear and kinder is not just about respect for yourself, it's about respect for the other person. In ministry, yes, definitely we need more of that in our ministries. Communicating displeasure with people I live with, yes, in a kind and clear way, right? Frankly speaking, with honesty, communicating in a non-violent way, yeah, I love that. Respond with empathy and love first before objectivity. Mm -hmm. Take into consideration if the person is ready, yes, thank you for thinking about that, right? It's not just me going up and saying, I need to talk to you, right? You also need to say, hey, there's something I need to talk to you about, you know, when you feel, you know, like you're ready. You know, let's talk about it. Actively seek permission to be frank, yep. Being myself, yes. Chowing the word. Mm -hmm. Communicate with colleagues with careful words. Expressing myself assertively, not aggressively, yes. 
maybe I need to talk to my family and share my thoughts and feelings so we are not hearing third-party accounts and guessing yes, yes and yes. All right, This is true for family and also for church, okay? No third-party accounts as much as possible, right? If we can talk to one another directly and really share what we're thinking and feeling, at least that opens up the way for us to begin to understand each other and to hold space for one another. And not guessing, right? Not second-guessing what the other person is thinking or feeling, right? Not focusing on not being liked or have others' approval, yes. I mean, a lot of us struggle with that, right? We, of course, we want other people's approval. Of course, we want people to like us, but not at the cost of being clear and kind, right? Not being pegro, right? Passive-aggressive, right? Sounding less serious so people won't be defensive immediately, yes. That can help. Understand my own boundaries and drawing them and to do the same with others, yes. This is absolutely about boundaries, about having healthy boundaries, right? To respect yourself, ourselves, yep. Being able to sense when the party is ready, yes. To talk to my family directly, yes. I think a lot of us need this, right? Especially with our families. Uh, unfortunately, with Asian families, uh, we are very um, indirect, uh? <laughs> sometimes passive-aggressive. Uh? So being able to sit down and talk honestly, directly, kindly, clearly with one another is a really big step, right? Being open to feedback, aware of the differences between confiding and gossiping, yes! Kanka, I need to tell you something. Uh. You know, uh, <laughs> do you know, right? Confiding and gossiping, yes. Be able to accept criticism so that I can be brave to be clear, yes. And that takes a lot of courage, right? Being able to really listen to criticism, to really reflect on it, and to think about how we can be better. Not gossip behind people's backs, yes. To appreciate their POV, mm-hmm. Hard to be clear if people are defensive, need to not put them on the defensive. Yes, we can only try our best, right? We cannot really control whether a person is going to be defensive or not, but we can only try our best. Communication is tough. I totally agree. It is hard, and that's why we are talking about it, right? Because ultimately, if we want to grow together as a community, if we want to grow trust, to be able to not only work together, but to live together, to be together, to be God's people together, we need to have trust, and on that basis, we need to have integrity, right? So being clear is kind. So integrity is really about choosing courage over comfort. Choosing what is right over what is fun, fast or easy. Choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. So let us practice our values. Because ultimately in this passage, what Jesus is saying is that God is more interested in us living whole, undivided lives of integrity than just following the rules blindly. Living whole lives of integrity means we increasingly align our words and our behaviour with our hearts and our values. It's an increasing thing. We are all growing. We are all learning. And so this is my prayer for you and me, that we may grow towards living whole lives of integrity where our words and our behaviour increasingly align with our hearts and our values as the Spirit of God moves within us and amongst us in community. Amen.
Good morning. Let's prepare our hearts for Holy Communion with integrity. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. All together, please. God, God of, of mercy and, and justice, justice be, be with us. us. We, we lift our hearts to you, you. Not, not because, because we have to, to not because we are supposed to, but because it's how we respond to your unconditional love, because it feels good to know we are loved. As long as there, is, there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your mercy, of how you gave food to the poor, clothes to the naked, and shelter to the lost. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your, of your justice, of how you gave freedom to the enslaved, opportunity to the outcast, and peace to the war-torn. You acted with both mercy and justice, rescuing the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, providing them with manna when they were hungry. And your people acted with both mercy and justice, like, like the, the prophets, prophets who cried out to care for, for the widow, orphan, and foreigner, and those who provided food, shelter, and community. You have shared your mercy and justice with us, not only as gifts to be received from you, but as gifts that we are to share with the world. We see this gift most clearly in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us what a life of mercy and justice looked like. In mercy, he gave food to the hungry. With justice, he broke social custom and shared tables with the powerful and the lowly at once. In mercy, he cared for the sick. With justice, he broke religious custom and healed on the Sabbath. In mercy, he had compassion for the poor. With justice, he spoke out against the empire that held him in poverty. In mercy, he washed his disciples' feet. With justice, he died without protest to expose a corrupt system. On the night, he was handed over to the unjust system that killed him. He protested by sharing a meal with his friends. There, he took bread, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then called them to remember the injustice of his broken body every time they ate bread. After they ate, he took the cup, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then called them to remember 
the injustice of his spilled blood every time they drank wine. But that wasn't, that wasn't all. all. God's, God's mercy and justice burst forth when Jesus died, and his resurrection gave hope to all those who hunger for mercy and thirst for justice. God will always equip those who seek to share mercy and justice. Even death cannot stop God's incredible grace. So, we ask God's Holy Spirit to be poured out on this meal on these gifts of mercy, bread and juice, that we may remember Jesus' ministry of mercy and justice. That these gifts of mercy may become for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may show mercy and do justice, not just for ourselves, but for the transformation of the world. Will the stewards please come forward to collect the elements? Those at home, please uh, prepare your elements now. elements with gratefulness.
please stand, um, embody your spirit. All together, please. God, through this meal, we pray that your grace would empower us to do justice, to offer mercy, and to do so with humility. You have given us your Son as an example, and your Holy Spirit as advocate. Give us the courage to do your work in the world. Amen. You may sit. Thank you, Celeste, for leading us uh, on communion. It's your first time serving. Thank you and uh, good job on that. Thank you so much for serving and uh, thank you, Pauline, for the wonderful message on integrity and uh, about creating clarity and kindness uh, in our lives. So, everyone, I'm uh, Jimmy, your service leader for today. Welcome home for uh, everyone, you know, like uh, new, uh, new and uh, not old, uh, familiar. Alright, so those joining us online, you know, like, uh, if you are first time with us, uh, Free Comedy Church, our free is an abbreviation for First Realize Everyone's Equal, alright? So, you're accepted here, affirmed here, loved here, your worthiness, uh, no, you, you don't have to, like, really prove whether you are, your worthiness, you simply have to be, have to come and, you know, experience your love, the love that you receive uh, and you, you have in God. Right, regardless of your sexuality, your gender identity, your social status, the number of zeros you have in your bank account, that doesn't matter. As you step through the door, you are a full and worthy person uh, in the eyes of God. So, for those who are new uh, with us, we'd like to stay in touch with you and know uh, those who are coming through our doors. So not, don't worry, we are not bugging you. We are not uh, like on the roadside trying to... like. You know, like violate the PDPA, but really, we really like to know like how we can serve you better. So please, uh, get in touch with us. Stay in touch with us by going to fcc.ly/welcome. All right, or you can scan the QR code over there to fill up a simple form so that we can welcome you. All right, and also invite you to our newcomers meeting on the 26th of February after the service. So those who may be like joining us for our first few time for a few times already, but you have not like joined us for the newcomers meeting, we encourage you to join us so that you can like talk to our uh, church leadership, our pastors, and get to know us better. All right. If you have any questions, please go to info at freecomchurch.org. Now we'll move on to the segment where we continue to worship God through our offering and giving. Right. Uh, I'd like to give everyone uh, some time to prepare your hearts all right, and also to uh, prepare your giving. There are, if you are giving digitally, which most of us are doing nowadays, you can go to um, just scan your QR code uh, by giving to the general fund, which go, goes to like, the day operation and uh, payment of uh, the expenses for the church. And for the building fund, and the other one is building fund that goes down to paying the mortgage of the church. All right? And of course, you can also like put up, you know, like uh, standing orders uh, by looking at the, if you are on the video screen, you can see the EUN number, alright? Or you are, if you are giving by a credit card, you can go to freecomchurch.give.asia. Alright, so let us come together and uh, just give a prayer of thanksgiving together as a community. God, we come before you, bring to you our praises, our thanksgiving, and our offerings. We thank you for the blessings we have received in our eyes, in in our lives. 
Thank you for being the God that invites us into true wholeness, into the shalom that you have created in this world. Lord, thank you for the blessings you have poured into our lives. Continue to bless each and every one of us in this community. Help us, uh, help to keep our eyes open and find the joy and the hope in the relationships we have in this community and the blessings we have received in this life. So God, be with us always and that we become a blessing in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I invite the stewards to come forward for those who are giving physically, right? You can actually drop a cash or check by raising a hand and our stewards will come forward and uh, receive a collection. Right, but please don't drop off yet. There are good uh, announcements, at least there's this one ex exciting announcement that's coming our way. The first announcement will be, we actually have the dates for our uh, church retreat. Right? So, well, suddenly, like, people say, huh, church, church retreat, is there such thing? Yes, there was such a thing as church retreat. But thanks, no thanks to COVID, right? Because, we, because of COVID, we were, not, uh, we were unable to have COVID for quite uh, some time. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> because I just realized I'm stuck. Because I, I realized I didn't bring my phone along to look at the dates of the... <laughs> Second to the fourth. So I'd like to invite every one of us, right, to right, we come together as a family, right, to grow our bonds together, you know, like to grow spiritually together as a community. Because it's easy to be kind, you know, like uh, to yourself yeah, when you're alone in your room. Alright? There's a saying that say how is other people. Uh. So we like to invite to see another side of reality whereby, you know, like enjoy paradise with your family, right, in the community. So on the second to the fourth of April, not June, sorry. You see la, the date, Salah. Okay, in June, because so sorry, I've got no, no slide. <laughs> but details are coming soon, alright? 2nd to 4th of June. I will remember that, okay? So I, I hope that you will pen this down so that you don't become like me and have to rely on, the, you know, etch it into your, your, your mind, okay? So 2nd to 4th of June, but where would it be? People might ask. Anybody have a good guess? Those who know, no prizes, huh? Uh, those who guess correctly also no prizes. But anyone? Those online, if you think you know or have a guess where it might be, key in the answer, alright? Huh? Batam. Our prophetess has spoken, alright? <laughs> so, the retreat will be in uh, Batam. It's called the Bell Swiss Hotel, if I'm not wrong. It's Bell Swiss? Swiss Bell. Swiss Bell Hotel. Alright? As for the details, right, we, we will be providing more details in the time to come, alright? But, Please book. Um, we are we our. I really like to thank right uh, our church leaders right uh, Mia, Gary, and many others who are involved in the project of organizing this because they have done their very best right to make things like comfortable, affordable, and uh, conducive for a retreat that is not too far from civilization but not so near to shopping mall so that you know everybody escape and go shopping, <laughs> so that you have a conducive environment for a spiritual retreat. All right, so. A lot of thoughts have gone into this. I'd like to invite everyone, right, to really, like, you know, like, not just you go along, you know, like, go and grab someone who joined, to join you 
for this. Especially you need to share a room, lah. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so this will be a very exciting announcement. So um, stay tuned, right, for the uh, upcoming weeks, right? We'll provide you with more details. Next announcement. Ah, this one also very important. Estate planning. It's one of the, our February ACE activity. You're wondering, if you're wondering what ACE is, alright, it's after church engage, uh, engagement la, events. Sorry, uh, after church events. So this is thanks to uh, Jeffrey, you know, like the abbreviation came from him. Alright, the ACE event happens once a month. So for this month, right, it will be on the 26th of February, alright, at 1pm. Alright, if you'd like to find out, you know, like, okay, I need to think about... <laughs> Rarely do we think about what happens to what we have and the impact, the legacy we leave um, when we exit from this arena, this life. All right. So we'd like to come um, to invite you, right, to understand how you can deal with your legacy, plan for your legacy. All right, for your estate, right, um, so that you can continue to be a blessing uh, to those you you love. Right, for those uh, causes that you, you believe in or, or what you want to do with it, your, your estate. So come and ask our experts. Right? We, are, we have experts who will be sharing with you how to go about doing estate planning. All right? uh, for example, how to do, what, uh, like if you have questions on LPA, bills, trust, your CPF, um, and insurance. I, had to, I know how complicated it can get because my late dad, we, we have to deal with his stuff. It took years. Because if you don't have the measures ready, right, there's a lot of uh, paperwork, admin that needs to be, you know, settled. So it's good to, you know, like, um, reduce the inconvenience for our loved ones, but always, you know, paying attention to how you do your estate plan planning while you still can. Alright, so to sign up, go to fcc.ly slash aceace, alright, and um, you will be, uh, receive, you'll be receiving reminders uh, of the activity. Next, TMAT is back, alright. So for those who, who may not know, like TMAT is like our FCC signature, our brand activity from Dirty Hands that um, we would actually uh, donate uh, items or group buy items and, and pass it to uh, trans elderly or trans, uh, needy trans uh, persons in our community. So in the past, right, we always like get people to buy the items very heavy. Uh. So sometimes it's, it's very inconvenient, but so now we have an uh, option for group buy. So you don't have to like really just bring the items. We can co we'll consolidate all this order, and the volunteers right from our community will come together to deliver this item to those who are uh, in need. All right. So there's no minimum. So don't worry that you know like oh you know I uh, no now you know I I can't give much like every little thing that you give counts, alright? So, you got to find out what are the items you can like um, adopt, uh, so-called like donate, right? Go to www.freecomchurch.org slash t-mart, alright? The closing date uh, for donate, donating will be on the 26th of February and the delivery date will be on the 5th of March. If you have more questions, please contact Wendy at her contact number shown yeah, or yeah, in attending in church, you can actually approach Wendy. Next, lunch kaki. Today we have lunch kaki. What is lunch kaki? Lunch kaki initiative that we have, right, to welcome those in our community who may be new with us, or but you have come alone and you don't have a friend to, you know, like you're hungry, I'm not sure where to go and eat, and you like to have some friendly company that you can feel safe with. This is a ministry uh, that we have. And today, on lunch kaki duty will be Angela. Well, can Angela wave right? Yes, Angela is over there. So if you like to, if you also come with a friend and you like to connect with someone from our church, 
right? Please go to Angela. You know, she's trained and professional and you are safe in, in safe hands. Alright, so we invite you to join us for lunch, uh, for our lunch khaki program. Next, calling for volunteers. Alright, the welcome team continues to call for volunteers. Alright, so come and be a part of this welcome team family, whereby you can make you know, FCC a safe place, a welcoming place, each time someone steps through the door. So you like to find out more what, you know, like, what are things required, or you have questions about what are the qualities, you know, like whether I have qualities or what, I've, what it takes to join the welcome team. Alright, just contact Sean at his contact number above or um, go to email at freecomchurch.org. Info at freecomchurch.org. Right. That will be the last uh, announcement. So I'd like to invite Miak forward to give us the benediction. Thank you. May I invite you to stand in body or in spirit to receive the benediction. God, you desire shalom. Shalom that is peace, but not just peace that is without conflict. The kind of peace that comes from right relationship. Right relationship with you, God. Right relationship with each other. Right relationship with all of creation. That is rooted right with rooted in our right relationship with ourselves. And that requires integrity. Integrity that we are honest with ourselves, our behaviours are aligned with our values, and our relationship with others are anchored in that integrity. God, we often fail, but you're not judging us or angry at us. You continue to invite us to grow, to step further and risk being vulnerable so that we get more and more aligned with our values and what Jesus taught us. So that we may demonstrate what kind of world can be when there is shalom, when all are in right relationship with one another. So may you go out trusting in that love, in that God that is full of integrity and then live that out in your lives so all may witness, all may see what kind of God that we worship and what kind of world we're invited to build. So go in love, go in peace, and go in shalom. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a blessed week ahead.